people declaring that this is going to happen and that's going to happen and some of it has come to pass and some of it has not yet come to pass. But here we are. Lord, I pray tonight that you would speak to your soldiers that we would not lose heart. As it pertains to things that you promised to us, things that you may have showed us, things that people have spoke before, as it pertains to losses that it appears that the body of Christ have experienced. Because the word says you work all things for the good of those who love yes, So it may look like a loss, may look like a loss, but you're in control of the situation. Yes. God, I pray that you help us to give ourselves to you. Yes. In the way that we need to give ourselves to you. God, that you would show us, not just tonight, but every day, that we're important to your mission. Mm-hmm. That you never lose control of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That Lord, you you said that you're the Alpha and the Omega. You started this, and you'll be the one to finish it. Yes, Father. And Lord, we are not moved like some other people who don't know you that have all kinds of expectations of how things are going to happen in the end, or have all kinds of expectations and explanations of how things are out of control even now. But we know they're not out of control. We know that you are 100% in control. Yes, God. So, Lord, I pray that tonight you would minister to your people and that you would show us things, God, that would help us to shift certain things on the inside of ourselves to be able to do Mm -hmm. what you asked us to do. Lord, I ask you to forgive me of sins I committed knowingly and unknowingly. There be no, nothing between me and you. I can hear clearly. I can speak what you say. And God, let my ears be open to, to to hear what I say. Lord, I, I speak over these things that you've given me to say tonight that they will change people. That people have a greater understanding of why we do things the way that, that we do. How we become stuck in certain things. And not only that, but how to move like a chess piece out of one position into another. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, you can sit down. Well, no, no. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Okay. So, listen. I'm going to modify this. It may, it may, you may say, well, we're not doing that. But this is our Sunday morning confessions. And so, uh, I'm not going to go through it and pick it out. There's enough in here to help us to do uh, what we need to do tonight. So, I just want you to, to just to repeat these. After me, all right? Say to women, say, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. In advance. In advance. That I will be changed. That I will be changed. By my time spent in the word. By my time spent in the word. And in prayer tonight. And in prayer tonight. I am a believer. I am a believer. And I'm not a doubter. I'm not a doubter. Therefore. Therefore. All things. All things. Are possible for me. I recognize. I recognize. It's not by my might. It's not by my might. Nor by my power. Nor by my power. But by your spirit. But by your spirit. Working mightily in me. Working mightily in me. Which I overcome. Which I overcome. Any adversity. Any adversity. That I face on our journey. That I face on our journey. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. Of what sickness can do to me. Of what sickness can do to me. Because by your stripes. Because by your stripes. I am healed. I am healed. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Of financial lack. Of financial lack. Because all my needs are met. Because all my needs are met. According to your riches and glory. According to your riches and glory. Therefore, Therefore I, live out of your pocket, I live out of your pocket. And not mine. And, not mine. and I cannot be overcome. And I cannot be overcome. With depression. With depression. Because you have gifted me. Because you have gifted me. With your peace. With your peace. That passes all understanding. That passes all understanding. And you won't take it back. And you won't take it back. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Because you overcame. Because you overcame. And I cannot be stopped. And I cannot be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Because you're a good. Because you're a good. Good father. Amen. Now shout one time. Shout one time. You can be seated. We're going on. All right. So we have been talking about the past, uh, the past few weeks. We go back and forth. This is kind of the way that 
that God's given it to me. We go back and forth. One week we talk about uh, our interior, our soul, our heart made up of our mind, our will, and our emotion. And then he, the next week we wind up talking about faith. So this is this is the way God's given it to me, and that's this the way we've been rolling, and that's the way we'll continue to roll tonight. We're going to look again at some things to do with ourselves. You know, I, I thought about something. Uh, I thought about something that I have seen over my many years uh, in church, and that is that I have I've seen people who. That would be sometime in church, and whoever the preacher was, whether it was myself or somebody else, and they're saying some things that are really strong, that are life changing. And then you have people in the room that are saying amen, saying amen to what's being said, what's being said. And it would appear that there is unity, and that whatever's being said, I'm going to take this away from here, and I'm going to put it to practice in my life, and there's going to be some change in my life. But then I look over the years, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, and the same people still saying amen, and ain't nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing happened. It's because it's, it's not, you know, and then you have, you know, in, in the church culture, uh, uh, and, and it, it happens no matter what color you are, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, whatever, but in the black church, they, will, they use a term called having church, right? So what that means is... You know, we fix to get the musicians in here. They finna play real hard. We're gonna sing real loud. There's gonna be a bunch of sweating. Somebody gonna preach what they call a fire word. That means good preaching, right? And then that's the, the event is the climax of the situation, right? But the event is not the climax of the situation. The event is really, really church uh, serves a couple of purposes. One of the purposes when we come to church is connect to God. Right, we connect to God, but then it's like a uh, almost like in sports, it's like a pep rally, right? So, so it's it's to get us prepared. It's not the game; it's to for us to get us prepared to play the game, right? But what happens a lot of times is that we're content w- with the pep rally and never concerned about getting on the field to play the game. But Jesus didn't die so we could have a pep rally; He died so we could play the game, right? He wants us to get involved. He wants us to get out the side. He wants us to get in the game. But church people are content a lot of times with just a pep rally and never taking the field to play the game. Uh, change is a serious situation that uh, it takes effort to do. Change is not something that just happens. Change takes effort. Right? So uh, why does change take so much effort? Why are we the way that we are? I drove. That's true. We love habit. We want. We want to have habits. I, I was driving through a, a neighborhood where we used to live, and I was going down this road. And there was a lot of mechanic shops there, and I looked, and I, this guy down on his knees at this at this uh, this wheel, and he was doing something to where the, where you put the wheel on, and there was a lot of older cars in his on his property there. And I thought to myself, and it was a few, it was a few mechanic shops, a bunch of older cars or whatever. That they, they didn't look like they was prospering. And maybe they were, but it didn't look like it. And I, like I said, I'm just, I'm just using examples. It's not about them. I'm just talking about what I saw. So it didn't look like they were prospering. And I thought to myself, I said, that guy, cause there's a lot of good mechanics in those neighborhoods, right? So I thought to myself, I said, well, uh, why, if that guy is a good mechanic, why don't he take his business to the woodlands? Right? Well, they can pay. Because I, I know me, when, when I was coming up like that, and still, now, tell the truth, shame the devil. I go to the mechanic. I'm trying to, hey, how much is that going to cost? Right? It's going to cost 400 Can you do it for 325 Right? And so you get in them situations like that, you know, they make, a, a lot of cases, they like, you know, I, I need you, I, I ain't even trying to ask you 325 Can you do it for free? Right? So, so that everybody's trying to make some kind of a deal over there in those environments. Right? And so... Uh, I thought to myself, why is it, why would he, if you're good like that, why would you stay in this environment, right? And so it applies, if, for, 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 if we ask the same question of ourselves, if we're good like that, why do we stay in certain environments, hmm. all right? So here's this, here's this guy, this guy, if he took these skills over to the woodlands, they're not going to come and ask him how much, they, you know, he could tell them 600, they're not going to argue with him on here, fix the car, all right? So my dad, 
uh, said something to me. It's probably, my dad told me a couple things over my lifetime that continue to come back to me. Right? My dad's uh, not self-proclaimed to be a, a, a preacher. Uh, he's just making his way into Christianity, reading his Bible, asking questions and stuff like that. But he said to me a long time ago, he said, and he calls me Dion, that's my middle name. He says, Dion, whatever you believe is true to you. Whatever you believe is true to you. Let's dissect that. Begin, whatever you believe that's true to you. Now, it, it might not be true, but whatever you believe is true to you. All right? So, so how important is truth? We have to ask ourselves that question. If whatever I believe is true to me, how important is truth? Right? Truth, truth can come in handy when we're trying to make our way somewhere. It's important that our GPS system is telling us the truth. Right? Have anybody ever seen on the news GPS system get confused and take somebody over into some water or something like that? Yeah. Right? Truth is important. Right? Uh, when two people stand up to get married and, 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 and she tells me that she loves me, it's, it's kind of important that she's being honest. Right? That she loves me, right? And then when, when we start making vows and she says, uh, you know, uh, get to the part where it says, well, well you, uh, you commit to keep yourself uh, to be given, only to be given, right? Alright, so that's important that you tell the truth at that point. Right? Because if you're not telling the truth, you know, and whatever you believe is true to you, so if you, if that's not, you know, really it's, there's a gray area. Right? Right? So, so I said I was gonna keep myself only to you, but, uh, it was only like, it's a gray area. What truth is relevant? Right? And so therefore, sometimes I wanna keep myself to him. Oh, no. That make, that make sense? So whatever you believe is true to you, truth is important. Right? It's important that little kids learn that fire is hot. Yes. Is that right? Truth yes. is important. It's, it's, uh, it's important that that now, if truth wasn't important when we go to the pharmacy to get medications, it's kind of important that they put the side effects and, and the dosages and stuff like that, the real stuff on the medicine. Yeah. Right? Because it's going to affect you. Yeah. Right? So when we, so lies, we, we talked about last week, uh, the power of a lie, right? And integrity and how uh, lies will set precedences, right? So if, I, if I'm a person that goes around telling lies quite a bit, I set a precedence that I'm a liar. I really can't, you can't, you can't really count on me for the truth. Correct. Is that right? And so, again, whatever you believe is true to you. But so, if you, so your belief system and believing and knowing the truth, since whatever you believe is true to you and we act on the truth, it's important that I believe the right thing. Okay. Right? I believe the right thing. My belief system is crucial. It's important that I believe. And so what is our belief system based on? It's based on information and experiences and environments. Our belief system is based on uh, information, experiences, and environments. Now, I can be raised in an environment and have experiences and receive information that is not entirely true. Right? But what's going to happen is that's going to be true to me and that's going to make me act a certain way because I receive those things that have been deposited into me as truth. Right? And so, and so, and what I believe into my, what I take into my believer, into my mind, into my will, into my emotions, I'm going to act out on. Yeah. Based on what I believe is true. Right? If a person is under the influence of drugs or some, having some mental malfunction and they stand on the top of the building across, across the street and they say, I'm going to fly. <laughs> right? Whatever they believe at that time is true to them. Now, when they hit the ground in a splat, the truth will be changed. <laughs> right? Because they tested the theory of the truth and they didn't get the outcome that they believed that they were going to have. Right? So... So truth is important because we act on truth, right? So what we need to find out is what's the deal with us and the truth that is on the inside of us? I want to show you something. All right. Turn to Pro uh, Proverbs 4.23. Let's look at something. Proverbs 4.23. 
And I, I've never, I, well, I've been stuck on something this long. I told you I when the Lord first started teaching me about the anointing. I preached about it for a year. But I haven't, this is the, I haven't been stuck on anything that long except for this. I'm stuck on this thing. And how many of you know that when God feeds you information, that gives you freedom to change? Yes. Right? Most of the time when we, re- when we make a real change, God tells us something, he gives us some information, that, that gives us the freedom to twist or to turn. One where, when, when, when it's time for you to move, that's usually when God releases some movement information. Hmm. Right? Uh, uh, Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That word issues are, is boundaries. Right? Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, somebody, one of the good students that's been here with me in the class, tell me what the heart is made of. Say it again. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So we can kind of amplify this version ourselves. Keep your mind, your will, and your emotions. Guard your mind, guard your will, guard your emotions, for out of it come the issues or the boundaries of your life. Right? Keep a guard over your mind, over your will, and over your emotions, for out of it come the boundaries of life. That means that how far are you going to go? Whether that's you, you go far or you don't go far. Whether you cross a line that you're not supposed to cross or you, or you keep the boundaries that you're supposed to keep. You do that by guarding your mind, your will, and your emotions. Right? That's what your soul is meant. That's who we are. And I told you a lot of times that the emotions are the things that's driving the bus. Yeah. Right? Until we can subdue them and take control over them. So if you want to make an immediate change, you have to keep that in mind and you have to learn how to feed since the emotions are in charge right now, I have to do things to trick my emotions. Yeah. Right. I have to. I have to feed. I have to trick my emotions. If I know that I'm, I'm stuck with emotion right now, emotions. I'm. Re- I generally react off emotions. I have to feed things to my emotions. Yeah. Right. How are your emotions fed? Your emotions are fed off of the off of your five senses, the things that you see, the things that you hear. I know my emotions are out of control. I have to. I have to take control over what I hear. Right? I have to take control over what I see. Right? Let, let me give you an example. This lust could be an emotion. Yeah? Would y'all agree? Yeah. So lust could be an emotion. Right? In, the, in, that, in, that, in, that, in that in that family. Okay? So I gotta watch myself what I feed if I'm dealing with that emotion. I'm watching myself uh, not make sure not to feed that emotion, right? By what I watch, by what I say, by what I listen to, whatever feeds that emotion, I have to I have to be careful to watch that, right? I have to keep a guard over my mind, my will, and my emotions, right? Now, you can well, I don't, don't want to go there yet. I don't want to skip to that yet. Uh. Go to uh, Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6. We didn't see the scripture. I've seen the scripture a lot of times, but I haven't seen it in this context. I've seen the scripture a lot of times, but I haven't seen it in this context. Let me say what I'm going to say first. My grandmother, my grandmother is one of the greatest ladies that I have. She's probably, probably the greatest lady that I've ever known. My grandmother. My grandmother was the nicest lady, the most caring lady. The, uh, when you, when, when I think about my values, when you hear me speak about my values, when you hear me speak about Whatever time that I, I went to church when I was a kid, when somebody took me to church, my mom took me a couple times, most time it was my grandmother. Right? My grandmother was nice. My grandmother always put people, put people in front of her. Right? She, she always did that. She was a very caring lady. And so she taught us to be caring. Right? She lifted in front of us. It wasn't just her words. She lifted out in front of us. 
I, I told a story before about the time they had the uh, softball tournament at the park around the corner from our house. And they, had, they played softball all day. I watched the softball games. Then after the end of the tournament, they packed up and they left. And there was this one softball that was kind of a little bit torn. They left it behind. And so, man, I was excited about softball. My, now, watch this. I watched softball all day. My emotions became excited about softball because I had been around it all day. Yeah. Right? So, man, I'm, I'm excited. Softball. Softball, right? <laughs> it's kind of like the same way when you go in and you watch a, a and this was before some of y'all, Bruce Lee or a Chuck Norris movie, <laughs> right? And then when you come out of the Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris movie, you first thing we want to do is get a piece of string and a mop stick and cut it in half and make nunchucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you, you've been, you know, if you sit around and you watch it, because it used to come on like Saturday, come on all day, and so you watch two or three movies deep in there and you see Bruce Lee kick some people. And it, it just, it never worked like it did on the TV. <laughs> but nonetheless, right, you, you know, you, you were going to, you were motivated. Right? So, so when you spend a lot of time around something, it affects you like that. Right? So I spent this time around my grandmother. And again, remember my, my grandmother's big traits where she was nice, she was godly, she put people in front of her, and that's what we got. But, so, but there was a problem that came later on being a man and then being uh, 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 in the ministry, which involved some business, and also being a businessman. In business, you have to compete. Right? In business, you have to, it's kind of a, a race. Sometimes it is a competition. Not that you ever want to hurt anybody, but, but there are some other categories that you have to have besides being nice and pushing everybody in front of you in business. Right? So I understand that this, this shaped me and who I was. Now let's look at this scripture. Which, which one? Oh, the softball. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't finish the softball store. So we get on. I, get, I take the softball back to my grandmother's house. Whatever. I'm throwing it up around. It's like this or the other. My grandmother, she said, where'd you get the softball from? I said, well, I got it at the park. Well, who gave it to you? Well, these people were there playing softball. They left it. And so they, they left, and I, I brought the softball home. She said, did they give it to you? I said, no. She said, well, then you stole it. Take it back. That's right. Take it back. They, but I'm like, Grandma, they're gone. They're, they're not ever coming back. Right? That's, but that's how, that's to uh, make you understand how she was, the type of person. So I'm honest, honest to a, to a fault. Right? That's why I grew up, before I became a Christian, if somebody lost their stuff, and it, like, uh, if somebody would lose their wallet and I found it, I don't care how much cash was in it, I, uh, I'm going to call them and get it back to them. Yeah. Right? I'm going to turn in money that I find. Because I got that from her. Right? Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart. Now, that's what the scripture says. Train up a child in, uh, in the way that they should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Understand something. This is talking about planting seeds in the mind, and the will, and the emotions of young youngsters. We just think about, uh, oftentimes we use that as scripture. Teach your kids the Bible, and when they get old, it'll be in them. No, whatever. You, you put on the inside of them. Yeah. When they get older, they're going to be carrying that around. That's right. Whatever you put in them, when they get older, they're going to carry that around. It don't have to be you. Whatever gets put into them by their environment, their surroundings, by you, by the schooling, by whatever happens, they're going to carry that with them when they get older. Yeah. That's right. All right? And so, if a person, again, what do we say? Whatever you believe is true to you. How did I get, how did I develop my belief system? My belief system got developed because of my surroundings, because of my experiences, because of things that were said to me, because of things that I saw. That's how my belief system got developed. And so, some, so when you, when, listen, sometimes our belief system is broken because the people that were around you deposited the best, a lot of times they deposited to the best that they could, but it wasn't necessarily the best things that need to be deposited. So I am the way that I am nine times out of ten because of life experiences and things that got put into me. So therefore, when I need to make a change, when I need to adjust myself to be able to do something different, I have to look at myself and, and, and realize, hey, look, this was, 
Go back and think about the environments that I came up in. Go back and think about the scenarios that I came up in. Because you're going to be like what you were around. The quickest way for you to change for the good or for the bad is to go into a new environment. That's the quickest way for you to change. Environments, remember what we said, environments give birth to things. That grass that's out there on, on the, between the building and the sidewalk, if I cut that grass up and brought it and stuck it on this uh, this uh, altar right here, now if something spiritual happened, it can grow. <laughs> but we just talked about it in the natural. It's not going to grow like it is out there. Because that's the environment for it to grow. It's getting rain, it's getting sunlight, whatever other stuff that the scientists ain't even figured out is happening, that's supposed to happen outside is happening out there. Right? It's not going to happen in here. Now, it's not, likewise, if I take these fuels, that are made of, I'm thinking part of wood, and usually used to be wood at some point. I'm not really sure, right? But if I take these fuels and I set them outside on that grass, over a period of time, they're going to begin to deteriorate and eventually fall apart. Because they don't thrive in that environment. Right? So when we go get storage, there's a difference between climate control storage and non-climate control storage. Right? And it makes a difference as to which one you put your stuff in. It makes a difference with you. For instance, for instance, I hadn't even planned to go over this, but I'm, I'm going to do it. Money. And it's just, and, and when God shares something with me, I, I will speak it into my phone and it's run on sentences until I go and edit it. I hadn't meant to share this. And so it's run on, probably run on sentences. It run on sentences. Excuse me. Just, I'll fix it as I go along. Money is an awesome thing if you think of how it flows and travels from one place to another. It's the way that we share. It's the way that we empower people to take care of what they need to, take care of what they need to. Uh, when I go to make a payment at a company, several people are making payments to that company, and then they're able to, in turn, pay their employees. Then they're, in, in, a, uh, in turn, able to go and pay their mortgage, to pay their bills. And when they make a mortgage payment, the people at the mortgage company get paid, meaning the employees. And when they go to buy groceries, the people at the grocery store get paid. And it's just a wonderful thing, depending on how you look at it, and how, how you've been trained to look at it. Church people have been trained to look at money as a bad thing. But if you look at it, even from a biblical perspective, the Bible says uh, that they're talking about, uh, when they're talking about heaven, uh, when they're talking about heaven, there is no poverty in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. Then God said, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible says many things about prosperity in the way God takes care of his people he, he doesn't want us to be poor. Money does great things if we don't make it our God, just like anything else we can make our God. Right? So when you look at money like that, money does a lot of stuff. Right? So I can, when I, when I go in, I'm, man, I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to buy it. I wish I could get everything for free. But when you say you wish you could get everything free and you don't pay, when I pay, then I cause somebody else to, to get what they need. Right? That's explosive. I call it, I, I, it's a ripple effect. When I pay, when I go to the grocery store and I pay, that means some kid is going to eat dinner tonight because I paid for my grocery. Some kid's going to eat dinner tonight because I paid the light bill, right? So God gave gifts, different kind of gifts to everybody. I, I, I can't do what somebody else can do. Somebody else can't do what I can do, right? Because every, if everybody did the same thing, there would be no need for me to need you. Right? I need you because you do things that I can't do. And so, so then God, God said, oh, I, I, I have to pay you for what you're good at. And what happens when I pay you? You go home and you can put food on the table, you can pay your bills. Now, everybody is, you, you got greedy people in everything. We're not talking about that. We're talking about money as a whole, but, but, but people in the church, at, by and large, have had a problem thinking you know, that they should, they should have money, right? Now, I went through this myself as a preacher because if it's for me, I give everybody everything for free. Anyway. Right? I give, I give all the money away and I give everybody everything for free. Right? And But then I'm looking around and I'm just like, well, shoot, I got a light bill. <laughs> <laughs> I got some groceries I need to get. 
You know, we we talking about well, how much you holding? <laughs> I got sixty five cent. I got a dollar twenty five. Right? What can we do with that? Then you know, the Lord fish and loaves. Lord, we thank you for multiplying this whole situation. You know, I'm going through that, but then I have to I have to read. I have to remind myself of what the Bible says about even the preacher. What did he say about the preacher? He said, "Don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn." He says that they that labor in the words should be uh, worthy of double honor. Right? That's what the scriptures say. Right? So I have to preach that to myself. But because of wrong thinking. Wrong thinking. Then you got some people who've, who've, who've been trained on the opposite end of the scope. To where I'm the preacher and I need you to buy me a, a penny. I need an offer for everybody to give me a penny. Right? I need, I need all hundred families to sow a thousand dollars a piece. Because the man of God is supposed to roll like that. Right? right? So you take it to the other, other end of the spectrum. Right? So, so you got both ends are, are off base. Right? The one that says we don't need nothing and the one that says I, I just got to ride. Right? So we're not talking about that. We're talking about having enough, needs being met. Now if you, the Bible says, uh, if a man don't work, don't let him eat. Right? And still at the same time, he tells us to take care of the poor. Right? So, so we're talking about, we're talking about, uh, in a way, capitalism. God's, God's, a ca- God's for capitalism. If you work, you should eat. Right? If you do, if you do good business, the Bible says that the servant, uh, the greatest among you shall be the servant. Why is McDonald's rich? Because so many people don't want to cook. It's quick and it's cheap. Right? And so we go to McDonald's and we get hamburgers from McDonald's and they provide a service for us and you bring them an offering, you bring them an offering, you bring them an offering. And so they look around the people that own McDonald's making money because they provide a service. Right? But so, so then some people are, are all mad at rich people. Oh, rich people are evil. No, not if, not if they did it right, they're not evil. Why do we think like that? Because of the way we have been brought up. Every way that we think, whether it comes to money, or it comes to health, or it comes to relationships, has been deposited into us over a period of time. Train up the child in the way they should go, or we can say it like this. Whatever you put into the child while they're growing up, it's going to be there most likely when they get old. Good or bad. No matter what you put in them. That's why we must be careful what we put into them. Now what happens? So, 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 Pastor, what are you saying? If I got wrong stuff deposited into me, and here I am, an adult, what what do I do now? The Bible talks about that too. That's where we're gonna go next, and the rest of the other time. Um. We went over guard your heart. Let me read this, what I I wrote here. Guard your heart, meaning guard your mind, your will, and your emotions, for out of it flows the issues of life. As as sensitive as I, it can be as sensitive as me sitting down to watch TV and things begin to penetrate my mind. Right? They, They begin to penetrate my emotions. They begin to penetrate my will and eventually affect my actions and my will. Right. Okay, so listen. I'm, I'm going to say this in the mo- most adult and holy way that I can. But the greatest example of this Okay. The adults. Right. Understand something. You probably understand how babies get here, right? They were all adults. Yeah. Raise your hands. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So there, there, is, there is penetration. There is seed deposit. Make sense? Yes. Okay, so it's the same way with what we take in. There is penetration and there is seed deposit yes. in the ground of your heart. Yes. Right? And so when that seed gets deposited, if that seed gets fed, it's, it, every all seed, the Bible says in Genesis 8, 22, as long as the earth remains, there shall be seed time and harvest. This is a law. Plant the seed. It's going to grow and mature if it's fed. And then the birth will be given. Mm-hmm. That don't matter if it's a child. That don't matter what it is. Anything, good or bad, seed time and harvest time. 
You plant the seed, the, the harvest is supposed to happen because that's the way God set it up. Right? right? What, you, what you put in the ground, you go and you put the seeds in the ground, got it in the ground, bag of seeds from the hardware store, whatever, put them in the ground, put them down a certain level deep, whatever. It don't even matter if you don't put them a certain level deep. As long as you get them a little deep in there, it might not grow what you want, but something's going to happen. I told you before, I used to go and spit watermelon seeds in the flower bed in my grandmother's house. I didn't plant them right, but I spit them out and then it rained. And guess what happened? Watermelon vines start to grow in her flower bed. Right? It ain't going to grow right if you don't put it right, but the principle is going to happen. Seed time, harvest time. It's going to happen, right? Whatever you allow to penetrate your mind, your will, and your emotions will leave seed behind. And if watered, will bring forth the harvest, unless you weed it out. The scripture says, now if this is you, and you're saying, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a harvest, I'm, I'm a walking harvest. If this is you, the scripture says, to cast down every evil thought that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Okay? Now let's look at Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6 through 10. Jeremiah 1, 6 through 10. Let's look at how God dealt with Jeremiah and what he told Jeremiah to do. Jeremiah, what did I say, 6? Well, 1, 6 through 10? 1, 6 through 10. Right? Let's look at how he dealt with Jeremiah and what he told Jeremiah to do. You have to understand why you are where you are. You may be believing some stuff that ain't right. And it may be about you. You may be believing that, you know, I'm not a person, I'm not smart, I'm not successful. You may be believing that about yourself. And, and, and that may be just what the seeds that, that somebody put into you. It may not be true. You may, be, you may believe that you're not smart. You may believe that you're not intelligent. And in, and in all likelihood, it's probably not true. I told you that I didn't realize that I was smart until about 10 years ago. Because nobody ever told me I was smart. There was nobody in my family. Remember what I said? It was about being nice. Right? So smart is only for competition. You hear what I just said? Smarts are needed in competition. When you're when you're on the battlefield, if you're just if you're just delivering water, we don't we don't we don't really need that aggression. We don't aggression. We don't need skill. We don't need that. But when you get to the place where you're competing, yeah. or you're in war, then it takes skill. Yeah. It takes some smarts. So here I am, a person that had a heart for war, but didn't realize that I had the smarts. Right? Because it was all, all, and so anytime I would find myself in a place, I would always feel comfortable. I've been in the presence of millionaires. I've been in Van de Holyfield's house before he lost all his money. Right? <laughs> that was an experience we'll never forget. In Van de Holyfield's house in his living room for about four or five hours in there. And that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I have been uh, in meetings with the, everybody ever heard of Charming Charlie's? With the COO, Charming Charles, the, the, the second and third man from the top. Athletes, different people like that. And, and every time I was around them, I felt uncomfortable. I didn't feel like I was, I was on the same level. But the truth of the matter is that we, 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 we're, we're the same, right? They have to go to the bathroom like I have to go to the bathroom, <laughs> right? And, th- and there's no, there's, there's not a di- distinction between the two smells. It's the same thing, right? Yeah. Everybody got that? You understand where I'm coming from, right? So we, so, but if you've been, if you've been trained as you've grown up to think that you're less than somebody. Now, now your folks might not admit that for you to be that way. They might not have tried to, they wasn't on purpose. I'm not saying that people's parents ruined them or spoke bad things. I'm saying it, it happened however it happened. That makes sense, Michelle? That makes sense? It happened however it happened. But it happened, man. Mm-hmm. The seed got in there, now we got to deal with it. Yeah. Right? So let's look at Jeremiah, because Jeremiah had some seeds that got put into him. Let's see what, what happened. All right, uh, uh, Jeremiah 1, 6 to verse 10. Then said I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. So where did he come up with this from? What, 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 did he, what is he basing his information off of? Somebody told him that. He got that from somewhere. Right? He said, I can't speak. Uh, I cannot speak, for I'm a child. But 
The Lord said unto me, say not. Don't say that. The Lord corrects you. Don't agree with what you just said. Don't say that. So the Lord, Lord says, I got to change what you're saying. Don't say that. Uh, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go uh, to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I shall command thee, thou shalt speak. Then look what, he, look what he says. Be not afraid of their faces. He's beginning to correct the stuff that's on the inside of Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fix it. You got this on the inside of you, Lord's like, I'm fixing it. I'm going to change it. Right? He says, uh, be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord, for the Lord... The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. I got I to fix what you say. I got to fix your speech. How many times I tell y'all that? It matters what you say, right? And touch my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in, I put my words in your mouth. Why did he have to put his words in his mouth? Because Jeremiah's words wasn't going to do nothing positive. How do we know that? Look at what he started off saying. I can't. <laughs> He told on himself out the gate. God said, no, we're going we're gonna to fix how you talk first. We're going to deal with your mouth first. Come on now. Now, has, is, this, is this isolated? I let, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Yeah. Can't just go off this one thing right here. What did, what did they do to uh, Elizabeth's husband? Oh, shut him up. Shut him up. <laughs> God said, I got to stop you from talking, bro. You finna mess up everything I'm fixing to do. <laughs> right? Talking about the power of words. Do you remember when, when Jacob was old and about to die, and he told Esau, he said, "Hey, make me some of that soup that you make. Bring me some of that gumbo that you make." <laughs> right? You got to put. You got to. You got to fix the Bible. Will help you understand. That's what God gave you imagination. Bring me some of that gumbo that you make that I like. He said, all right, I'm going to go do it. So the mama overheard the conversation. She told uh, Isaac, she said, uh, she said, she said, go ahead. Uh, no, Isaac, Jacob. Tell me, what's the other brother's name? No, no, the other brother. Other brother. The one who cheated. Jacob, 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 Jacob. I got a lot on my mind. That's not on my mind. So she tells Jacob, I was right the first time. She tells Jacob, she tells Jacob, she says, uh, uh, go and uh, go, go and hook up the, this gumbo that your dad likes, and then I'm, I'm come on into my my uh, my uh, craft room, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm fix you up and make your daddy think that you Esau, right? And so so you can so you can steal a blessing, right? So then he goes over there and he gets his, his hair on his arm to make the suit, and the dad say the, the arms they feel like like Esau, but the voice it sounds like Jacob, right? But the dad he goes on with the whole thing. And the dad, he, he speaks the blessing yeah. over Jacob. Yeah. And so when Esau came back, and the dad knew immediately, oh my God, I spoke the blessing over someone. Who, was, who else was the person that came through and got the blessing? And Esau said, he said, dude, you just got one. He said, I bless them and they're going to be blessed. Now, now, hold on a minute. Like in the sports world, let's get a timeout. <laughs> What did his brother come through and steal? Man. Now, see, now, what, what, what did he actually steal? The brother came and jacked him for the words. He pulled off a word heist. Mm. He didn't take no diamonds. He didn't take no rubies. He didn't take no goats. He didn't take no cows. He came and ripped them off from the words. He came and stole words. And the daddy said, now, now, wait, wait a minute. This ain't God's words. It was the daddy's words. But the daddy had the connection with God. Yeah, he did. So the daddy's words had power. He said, he said I have blessed him and he's going to be blessed. The brother came and stole the word. So you mean to say, you can, so now try to tell me again that words are not powerful. Came and ripped off the words. <laughs> words, words are powerful. Words mean stuff. My my son named my grandson Jack from Jaguar. 
Didn't just say, oh, I think I'm going to name him that. And he made him a shirt for his birthday. Just had his birthday last week. And he put the meanings and the synonyms of what Jaguar is all about. Because he has an intention for what his son is going to grow to be. So he, from his name, he's planting words into his son so that he will grow and be this. Now, now I had something happen with my grandson that's never happened. I got to finish. I had something happen with my grandson that never happened with none of my kids, none of my grandkids, just his son. And the Lord showed me that he was going to be a great man of God. To the point where it had me in tears. And I called him and I shared it with him. But he, he got, so I don't know if, if he talked to God about naming him that. But, but the, there was on him so strong that God worked through him to name this child these things. So this child will grow up being called all these strong things. Amen. With this intensity built into him. God would often change names mm-hmm. of the people in the Bible. What did he tell Jacob? He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. He changed Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham. Because every time they called him Abraham, it was speaking forth God's desire for him. Yeah, amen. Right, I got, I got to finish. I didn't finish my scripture. Jeremiah. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on. Don't let me forget that. But, uh, Abraham, speaking of Abraham, what did God say to Abraham? He said, what do we have to do before we can get started? Before me and you can get started working together, what did God tell Abraham he had to do? You got to leave. Say that again? You got to leave. He said, I need to get you away from what? Your environment and what else? Family. He said, from your country and your kindred. Why did God have to move him away from his country and his kindred? Because his country and his kinfolks had been speaking things into him from since he was a child. And God said, I got to get these things away from you before I can deal with you. Mm-hmm. Right. I, got, I can't deal with you like you are. Your folks then put stuff in you that I can't work with. And before they put any more, I need you to come on out of it. Amen. Your environment has put things in you. I, I, I said this before, Pastor B was talking about somebody, this guy who's been saved. And he said, well, this guy's only been saved for eight years, and he started a, a men's home. And he said, I've been saved for 13. But I, I told him, I said, listen, sometimes, and this one God began to show me this, people come into the kingdom with things, with gifts, administration, and business. And so where you have, you have to be developed, they already developed in that thing. So they, they'll take off and do it faster than you. Right? So God, God, because of the way that he was, now think about this, the children of Israel, what did God, when they, when they went, came back and they said, hey, we got these grapes, and there's two, two of us carrying these grapes, and they so big, and God is everything you said that it was, and they, but we can't go over there and fight. God said, oh, wrong mindset, can't work with you, go sit down in the waiting room. Go sit over there in the waiting room. Forty years, I gotta wait for another generation to wait. I gotta wait on another generation, I'm gonna train up on another generation. Train up a child in the way that he should go. I'm fixing to fix these kids not to be scary like y'all. These kids gonna be so tired of eating the same thing every day, they're gonna be as hungry as Mike Tyson in this prime. If you ever seen Mike Tyson box, you understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> Every time Mike Tyson fight over in 30, 30 seconds, something like that, he was just that type of guy. These kids are going to be so tired of eating the same thing that when I present to them, yeah. If you will get up and fight, I'll take you into a land flow of milk and honey, and you don't have to eat this same stuff every day. Yeah. Everybody else died off. God said, I got a fresh mind. Yeah. Fresh set of emotions. Yeah. Can't work with you sometime when you're in that, in that spot. Yep. From certain things that you grew up with that's planted on that side, I can't work with you. Jesus said when he was in uh, Jerusalem, I believe it was, he said there he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. Yeah. I can't work with you because of what's on the inside of you. If we can't, if we can't, now watch this, this is why I want you to read this. Go back to Jeremiah, and we'll finish on this. Be enough for tonight. Watch this. 
So he t- he's talking to Jeremiah. He begins to minister to change to Jeremiah and correct him and start working on him right out the gate. And then he, sa- he says that I have put my words in your mouth. Uh, see, I have this day set over thee the nations and over- set thee over nations, over kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down then to build up and to plant. He said, "We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna turn over some soil. We're gonna, we gotta till up some soil. We gotta uproot some stuff before we, before we plant the new stuff. Exactly. Cast down every thought that tries to take, exalt yourself above, above the knowledge of God." Hmm. Romans chapter twelve, verse one and two. Present yourself a living sacrifice, and renew your mind. With the word of God. Yeah. Renew your soul with God's word. Change, make a new deposit of what I want. Remove yourself from the old things and let me deposit the new so that I can work with you. Hallelujah. Amen. So you're thinking that, man, it's, it's me. It's me. I can't. I can't. I'm no good. I'm no good. It's you, but it's not you. It's what's in you. It's what's been put in you. But you can change that. Cast down, put in. Cast down, put in. You can change. There can be a new you. You don't have to stay the same. You don't have to stay the same. But but understand that the reason why you're stuck is because of the deposits that's been put in now. That's why you're stuck. I said, set myself this uh, this month, and my wife talked about it too, to have a different eating plan. I'm going to put some different stuff in me than I've been putting in me. So I guess give me give me beginning of August and take a picture, a mental picture right now. Beginning of August, I'm going to look different. And it's going to be because of the stuff I put in. Yeah. Amen. Right? So you put certain stuff in, certain stuff come out. You put different stuff in, different stuff come out. Understand you are the way you are because of what's been put on the inside of you. Right? The Bible said God's no respect of persons. Train the child up in the way they should go. And when they're old, that's how they're going to be. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. According to the think, the thought deposits that's been put in the person, that's what they are. I've, I've told you before. I've seen people. And this is just my example, man. I've seen people 